This mini episode of the Theater People podcast is brought to you by TodayTix, the app for last-minute theater tickets. Download the app in Google Play or the App Store and use the code THEATERPEOPLE at checkout to save 20 bucks on your first purchase. That's theater with an E-R-P-P-L. Hey, theater people, Patrick here. So we are less than a week away from our final live summer series show. The show is happening Sunday, August 7th, and features two-time Tony nominee and just incredible human Laura Osnes. The show is happening at Pearl Studios. The pre-party starts at 5, and Laura and I go on right at 6. As always, Laura and I will chat for about a half hour, and then she'll perform two songs. And then we'll take questions from the audience. If you've even considered joining us for one of these live summer series shows and haven't yet, I strongly urge you to grab one of the few remaining $10 tickets to the show. The shows are so fun and casual and just so completely unique, you really have to experience it to understand what I mean. There are still a handful of tickets available, which you can get at our website, www.theaterpeople.com. That's theater with an E-R-P-P-L.com, and click on the summer series link. Welcome to the Theater People Podcast. I'm Patrick Hines, your host. So, you guys, the plan was for us to take two weeks off and have a little bit of a summer break. But then we did this great interview with this young actress named Allison Sems. She was playing Diana Ross in Motown the Musical on Broadway. The day before our interview, the show got its closing notice. It was a limited engagement on Broadway anyway, but now the show was closing way earlier than expected. Mike and I had loved Allison in the show, and we loved her even more in person, so we wanted to get this episode out while the show was still fresh in people's minds. It's a really short interview, which makes for a really short episode, but I urge you to keep your eye on her. She clearly has a bright future on Broadway. Uh, Just to let you know why I sound a little insane in this episode, it was our first time recording in an actual recording studio. I am very particular about the sound of this podcast, and I was just loving every second of being in that padded room. So just, you know, bear with me. Okay, here's our conversation. Hi, Allison Sams. Hi. Welcome to the Theater People Podcast. Oh, thanks for having me. My God, my, I want to say before we get to anything else, producer Mike and I saw the show the other night, oh, and yeah. I was texting Lisa Goldberg. Yeah. Is she your publicist? Yeah, she is. And she's a friend of mine, and I was like, this woman exudes... You have the you are the most charming actor to watch. Like oh. we were all of us were just like so in love with you. Oh, thank you. That means a lot. Yeah. Oh man. So you got some weird news yesterday. Uh yes, just a little. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just a little. So we did find out from our producer right after the curtain ended that Motown was closing in ten days. How many days have you guys been performing so far? Well, um, last week we celebrated our 900th show. <laughs> oh my god! So for the tour, yeah, for the sh- for the tour. And how, that's so funny too because I think that a lot of us, like you know, people who like know about the Broadway scene, know that like the show was on it was on Broadway and then it was on tour and now it's back. Yeah. But for people who maybe aren't paying that close attention, it seems like Motown was just like here for a minute. Yeah, literally. Like yeah. we just opened up last week, so we were here for about two weeks. And are you going to officially open? Um, well, we did officially open did. Okay. on Thursday. So we had two days of previews. And, you know, the thing was, it was really low key. The, it was so huge and star studded when it first opened up um, on Broadway um, a right. few years ago. So this time around, they said, okay, we're going to make it a little more low key. 
Now, you were, okay, we're going to go sort of back to the beginning. Okay. So you were with Motown when it was originally on Broadway. Yes, I was there for two months. So initially I was a swing at Book of Mormon. <laughs> and then right. I transitioned over to Mo- Motown. Um, and I was Diana Ross understudy and Florence Ballard and multiple ensemble members. So I was able to go on for Diana Ross twice. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that was nice. And then we found of the tour and then, you know, I just transitioned right over there. So you took over the role full time for the tour? Yes. Okay, cool. Yes. And how was, so tell me a little bit about your audition process. What drew you away from Book of Mormon, which is where you made your Broadway debut? Oh my God. Well, you know, I was with Book of Mormon for um, about a, two years, actually. So I was really, you know, I felt loyal to the company and I love the show the thing was I was a swing and because I mean side note I'm so grateful for bless oh my you. goodness excuse me <laughs> oh that's okay I was gonna never sneeze on this podcast before <laughs> bless you <laughs> there's a first time for everything <laughs> exactly I'm gonna just mention to our listeners if you realize that it sounds amazing it's because Allison we rented a, a studio for Allison Sams we're like forget you Pearl <laughs> We're in a recording studio. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I'm kidding. <laughs> All right, so Book of Mormon. Yes, yeah, so I was there for two two years, about two years, um, swinging. And, you know, I love swinging. Swinging is, like, one of the most beneficial, like, eye-opening positions to be in because you're, like, eyes on everyone, and you have to be able to jump in at any given moment. So I'm glad that I had that opportunity but you can only swing for so long. <laughs> can you sing everything? Oh my goodness, your voice. <laughs> Let's just make this a mini musical. Okay, no, <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, I have such intense respect for swings and understudies. Oh my God. I, I'm that person who like loves an understudy. Yes. Um, I'm always excited when I go to a show and an understudy is on. I don't understand how anybody... Uh, does it? Yes. Our producer Mike has a really good friend, Ben Cherry. Hi, Ben mm-hmm. Cherry, who's okay. going through that right now for um, Fiddler. He's learning like <sighs> six tracks. It's you know what? I'm so grateful for that experience, though, because when I stepped into from swing to understudy, and then from understudy to principal, it's like you have just a deeper appreciation for the entire cast, for all of the gears and the pieces of you know body parts in the in the whole company yeah and you just appreciate it more you understand you know everyone's position you know and then when you're when you are a principal perhaps it gives you i am i'm always i'm always fascinated by the people who started out as swings or ensemble members and then become big stars Mm -hmm. and then have the opportunity to really like be kind to those people oh yes oh my gosh yeah i made sure that you know my swing ladies you know because i feel like i'm you know always a part of swing nation alumni (laughs) you know but you know my swing girls like i always you know when they came in i made sure okay do you need anything i give them notes like i always check on them to see how they're doing, yeah. you know, and just spread that love because I know how it is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you did it. So you did it on Broadway. You were uh, understudying on Broadway. You you take over the national tour. Mm-hmm. I'm so so. Initially, when the tour launched, it wasn't necessarily meant to come to Broadway. You guys didn't no, know that was going to happen at all. So when did you get that announcement? Oh my gosh, it had to have been like maybe a month before we got here. It was so so. Some there were, you know, we heard it through the grapevine. Maybe oh, maybe we'll go back to Broadway. Who knows? But we were just focused on finishing out this tour and you know there are people from all over like the country that are in the cast you know people with families too so you know we had already planned on i was going to come back to new york anyway you know but you know people had you know already were going to head back to their families and la 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 so we found out at the last minute really so that was just like 
Oh, cherry on top. 17 people made their debut. I was going to ask you about that. So, <laughs> I mean, it almost doesn't matter if the show closed on Broadway after a couple of weeks because so many people we, got to make their Broadway debuts. Yes. The fact that we touched down and we made it and we closed our two and a half year run of the country telling the story and we close it on Broadway. Yeah. Like that to me is just like, I'm grateful for that, you know? Totally. I want to talk a little bit about the show itself because mm-hmm. I remember seeing it when it was on Broadway the first time. I remember being like, Oh, that was that was good. I like that. Mm-hmm. And then we saw it the other night, and I was like, I love this. Sh- I love this show. Oh. Like, I think that it is. You know, I I think, and I'm just like an amateur. Who am I, who am I to have an opinion? But um, the fact, the way this show was able to balance telling a real story about something that really happened, about real people that really existed, it's able to use the iconic music that everybody loves, but is also able to get into the. Story of the time, which is which, of course, is so relevant now. Absolutely, you know, and it doesn't feel cheesy or rushed. It really tells a real story. How um, I'm interested to know how you how much about Mo- Motown and that time in in our country's history you knew of before you kind of embarked on the show or did you kind of just like learn it all when you got the job a little bit of both you know both of my parents are boomers and they grew up during that time you know they were teenagers during the 60s and so you know and I grew up in a musical family so they were always playing Motown anyway so I was familiar with you know what was happening and I I was interested in like the social like I kind of am like a self-proclaimed flower child (laughs) (laughs) I get that vibe from you okay with my tie (laughs) dye dress on in Birkenstock (laughs) but you know like and so I was familiar with it Um, but it wasn't until Motown like until I was in the cast that I like really dug deeper into you know Motown's um, their part in this like the social times you know right. the and we you know I found out that it was a musical movement you know that it was American music you know it wasn't just black and white music but it was all all people's music right. and so I think that it's really relevant and I feel really oh I feel so good that I was able to tell that story across the nation when we really needed it the most we were in um we were- well, I was just going to say, can we talk about that a little yeah. bit? Because, you know, there, there are, you know, the, the of course, now I'm going to forget. What's the song that closes out Act One? Um, what's going on? What's going on? Right. Of course. Mother, mother, there's too many of you crying. Brother, 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 there's far too many of you you would have to be living in a cave to see that scene and not relate it to what's going on in the world today and it's really effective you know it's really moving i mean even when motown was on broadway the first time the particular how do i how do i say this in the right way the particular struggles that we're seeing right now with African-Americans and the police and all of that, they weren't as much talked about in the media as they are now. So it was, you know, relevant then, but now it's like, now you really feel it, you know? How is it for you in the cast to be able to, like sort of share that right now. Oh my goodness. You know, it's it's a huge responsibility, you know, because 
because it's happening now, we're seeing, you know, history is, is repeating itself. Um, that reminds me of when we were in St. Louis, right around the time where Ferguson was happening, miles yeah. away. And so after what's going on, you know, in that scene, there's, you know, you see um, riots, you you see people in uniforms, and, and there's lots of unrest, there's protesters, and Marvin just walks through all of that turmoil, and he asks the question, what's going on? Right. So. I, I promise you, as soon as the curtain like fell, we were just all weeping on the stage because it's just like we still are asking that question, you know. On the same time, at the same time, this music it, it it reflects the times, but it also provides a feel good, like you know, just unification sure. of everything. You know, it just everyone knows the music. Everyone can come together and sing to it. Especially, you know, reach out and touch somebody's. Oh head. my god, we have to talk about that. So, Mike and I. Okay, so there's a there's a scene. What's happening in that scene with Diana Ross? So that's from when she's in um, the Caesar's Pat or oh no, Frontier Hotel, and it's in the I'm 70s. laughing so hard because you're so great in that moment. Like that. Sorry. Oh okay, god. you tell the story. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. It's when we break the fourth wall. Wall. Mm-hmm. I go out into the audience as Diana Ross and you know I meet people and I bring <laughs> people up to sing and the thing is it changes every single night it seems like an improv routine it is because like every it night is. you're like where are you from and the person's <laughs> like New York and you're like New York that's far from Las Vegas yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean you know we're in Vegas so you know yeah no but every single night is different you know and that's what I love about it because we get a chance to just break that fourth wall and really connect with the audience and you know you never know what you're gonna get and then towards the end I have everyone join hands yeah. and wave them and sing together and oh my god the like, guy next to me was so creepy I was ooh. like I'm not holding this guy's hand <laughs> producer Mike and I were like oh, like no. leaning together like the curmudgeons in the fifth row we're like we're not doing this oh no <laughs> we should have like napkins or gloves under the seat <laughs> <laughs> it's just true. in case. But the <laughs> night that I was there too, one of the kids that you got to sing had like this incredible voice. Oh my gosh, yeah. You know, sometimes sometimes we'll have people that sound amazing and sometimes You have people that sound like me. Oh no. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you a little bit more just about like from like the fan perspective, when you guys got to open on Broadway or even when if you only had two nights of previews when you guys got to do your first show on a Broadway stage and you said you had 17 people that were making their Broadway debuts what was the energy like for that oh my god it was on fire because I you know I remember my Broadway debut it was just kind of blurry and like I just remember lights being hot lots of colors but because we had been doing the show for for a long time there was a sense of groundedness like yes we're ready for this let's do this let's let's share this stage together you know and we all celebrated together you know we we threw a party at the skylark and we were just it was it was such a celebration that is so amazing once the show closes are you done with it the tour's over well actually the tour will continue you know we've oh my god we were just so embraced by all of the cities that they like ate us alive so the tour will continue for sure i think starting in i I don't want to give a a date but next year we'll definitely be you know continuing the tour um, I I don't know yet. You know, I, I love this story. 
But it's so nice to be back in New York, too. And And it's like a gorgeous summer. (laughs) It is, you know. So who knows where, you know, the the wave will take me, you know. But I'm staying open and I'm feeling good. And I feel really like, I feel like I've developed so much as an actress as well, you know, coming from swing to understudy and then living in a principal role. Yeah. I feel like confident in this new, so I'm going to explore this new. Yes. (laughs) Newness and this confidence, you know. I love you. You're amazing. Thank you so much for coming and talking to us. Thank you for having me. You're incredible, and we're going to keep our eye on you. Okay. All right. Come back and see us again. All right. We'll do. Okay. Bye. Hey, theater people. Just a reminder, there are still a handful of $10 tickets left to our final live summer series show, which features Laura Osnes. The show is this upcoming Sunday, August 7th. You can get the tickets at our website, which is www.theaterpeople.com. That's theater with an E-R-P-P-L.com, and click on the Summer Series tab. Theater People is produced by Theater Podcast Productions with Mike Jensen and me, Patrick Hines. Special thanks, as always, to our sponsor, Today Ticks, the app for last-minute theater tickets. Don't forget to download the app in Google Play or the App Store and then use the code THEATERPEOPLE at checkout to save 20 bucks on your first purchase. Of course, that code is theater with an E-R-P-P-L. Special thanks also to Steve Tipton, Bradley Bean, Eric Emsch, our webmaster Keith Allen Herzog, our intern Ricky Condos, Ellen Marsh, and the staff at Oswald's. We'll be back next Monday with legendary producer Kevin McCollum. Until then, tell your friends about us. Let's get the theater community talking. Oh, 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 o